Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Top of the Key. I'm Grace, and as always, I'm here with Thomas. Thomas, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I mean, I went to Barclays Center, and they didn't lose, so I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I would also be doing great. Yeah, I was very... that The train ride in was very tense, and the train ride out was great. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Were there a lot of people on the train with you, too? Yeah, going. so we we missed our first train, so we got there like right as the game was about to start. So that there were mm. there probably would have been more people on the first train if we hadn't missed yeah, it, yeah. but there were quite a few people on that train. And then the outside, but getting into Barclay Center, that like it was a shit show. They had oh, like yeah. no one directing things, so it was just a big mass of people. And eventually, we found our ways to the door. Yeah, it's it's rough that the way that Barclays is set up anyway is annoying. I don't really like yeah. how they. I don't really like how they um do it, how they set every, how they separate the lines and stuff. It's very weird to me. It, it's one of those things that like if it's if you get there right as the doors open, it's fine. Any time after that, you're screwed. Like it's it's yeah, not... it's true. <laughs> it's really true. Uh, yeah, it was, but it was a it was a fun. It was definitely a fun game. Um. So let's let's dive into um since we last recorded, we got game two and game three of the finals. Now, as I mentioned last week, um I was unable to watch pretty much all of game two. I was at a concert. Um at, before the, the yeah, before the game, I was like, oh no, I'm gonna miss the game. During the concert, I kept checking my phone and I was like, Oh god, thank god I'm not home watching this game. I'd be catatonic. Like that it was it was not good. <laughs> I saw like the last ten minutes. I think I was um, on my phone on the way back, and um, yeah, the Aces won one hundred four to seventy six, which like that the the number there will tell you how that game went for the Liberty versus the Aces. Yeah, I mean, John Cole Jones was good. Well, and I no mean, one else was. <laughs> Literally, that's what that game was. I'm not even gonna. 
It was John Paul Jones versus the entire uh, Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, um, the Aces look great. Like they looked yeah. like themselves, and the Liberty looked a little shell shocked from game one, which yeah. was not the vibe you wanted. <laughs> you wanted the the opposite vibe. You wanted the hey, we're gonna not we're gonna let game one happen, and then here we go. But they they scored what two points, and then immediately the Aces went and scored like seventeen unanswered. Like that it was, was it was something crazy. It was there was a point where I was like, oh, this game's over, and it was the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, but they fought back to the point that like the they got to halftime, and I was like, maybe they make a run at winning this game. Maybe it'll be close, and then yeah. they just fell apart as soon as they came back. Um, I think said- I think it's one of those things where basketball is such a game of momentum. Like momentum in sports is a weird thing to talk about because you can't quantify it. But I do think basketball is a game of momentum in the sense that like the Aces came out to such a hot start, and then the Liberty were they had to do everything to get back within like five, I think it was. But then the Aces were like, "All right, cool, we're chill now, we're rested now." Like we kind of took that quarter off. So now we could just do our thing, and the and the Liberty were gassed. Even coming out in the second half, they looked bad. Yeah, uh, the Aces had three players: uh, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young, with twenty plus points. Wilson and Chelsea Gray each had double doubles. The team shot fifty three percent and forty five percent from three. Um, that's incredible. The, like that's that's great basketball. Yeah, I mean um, it's perfect. It's near perfect basketball, really. Yeah. There was not a moment that the Aces weren't great. I mean, really in the first two games, but especially game two. As you can tell, they won by 28 points. Of course, they were great. The Jungle Jones showed up. She got another double-double, which was her eighth consecutive double-double in this playoffs. She is going to get such a bag from probably the Liberty. I'm so happy for her. Yeah, she... She is basically saying, like, hey, I'm I'm the catalyst. Like, if the Liberty do pull this out, there's no other option. She wins finals MVP. Yeah. It would and be she- uh it would it would take something crazy for her not to. Like <laughs> Stewie scoring like fifty in the next two to like just literally drag them to a series win. But otherwise yeah. it's her. Yeah, she is having the series of her life. She clearly wants the championship. It's so bad. So incredibly bad. Yeah. Um, she's the only player who showed up in game two, though. The The team as a whole shot 36% from the field, 23% from three, mm. which is it's... horrendous. I looked at those. I already knew it was a bad game. I looked at those numbers today and I went, oh, my God, how is it worse than I imagined? They shot 72% from the free throw line. Like, that's that's the type of game we're talking about here. Or 73% if we're rounding up. But that's the type of game we're talking about here, you know? They had what I know plus minus is not I'm not gonna sit there sit here and call it a good stat. They had one person who was a plus. <laughs> uh, MJ was the only plus. Everyone else was in the neck. Like that's how you know that you got you just got you just got beat. Like there's yeah. nothing else you could really say other than you just got destroyed. And it's almost burn the tape bad. I know you can't really do that in the finals because you gotta look at their tendencies and all that. But it's one of those games where you just like you can't even take anything from it, anything positive, you know. Yeah. You just gotta ro- move on. Yeah, the positive was good job, JJ. Like that was literally the positive. Um, I clearly the biggest issue for the Liberty in this game was defense, um, which was also their biggest issue in game one. But 
Oh my god. UNESCO and Salute. Also, Salute just sort of disappeared in those first two games really bad. But, like, they just... The defense was not working for those first two games. And, and the Aces exploited it in game one and then exploited it even more in game two, which is impressive. You think yeah. Liberty would be able to tighten that up. But no, they just found better ways to do it. It's just... Yeah, like... And Sloot just has a it's, a... it's a rough series for her. Like, the way the Aces match up with their guard height is so difficult for someone who is just not... She just doesn't have that. <laughs> she's going to have to... If she's not passing her ass off really to for a lack of a better term, which she usually does, but that's going to, that's going to be the way that she's just going to get exposed. And they were attacking an defensively. Oh, yeah. Like she, she's getting exposed a little bit as a, like everyone knew she was, a, she was a defensive um, liability, but that's something that she has to put in work for. Like it's, it's got, it's going to be something that teams will exploit. And when you're as good as the aces are, you could, that's a way that you could really win games, you know, like the lesser teams in the league can exploit that and you'll win anyway, because the Liberty are as stacked as they are. But when you're facing a team that's arguably better than you talent wise, then you're going to have to get everyone. You, you you can't lose on those margins, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I hope Sabrina Inescu's career has been so weird so far as a professional. She gets hurt two games into her career and then is basically injured for the first two ish years of her career. Um, last she spoke about how last off season was her first healthy off season. She's going to go into this off season healthy. I hope that this off season, she really works on the defense. Cause that's really the one area of her game. That's such a liability everywhere else. I mean, obviously great shooter, you know, fantastic she's she's great as like she can play the one but like she's great at the two as well it's it's just she needs she needs defense like that's the number one thing she needs is defense and it's and if you're gonna play the two if you're gonna play the two you need to be able to handle some of the best scoring options a team is gonna have you know yeah yeah it's 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 a little different ball game with with Sloot there, she's going to be the two, so she needs to work on that. There's no, it's, they're not going to automatically go. You know what, Sabrina, you be the point guard while we have Courtney Vandersloot, mm-hmm. maybe no. the greatest point guard in the history of the game thus far. Um, so yeah, it it was it wasn't a pretty game. Uh, and then they they got a chance to take a break, come home, sleep in their own bed beds, and um work on some stuff. And they worked on some stuff because they turned around and they won game three by a 14 point margin. They, they shaped 30 points off the aces total from game two. They won 87 to 73. It was an, in the building, you could tell like the vibe was great, but like you could see it was just different. They were, they were working hard. It wasn't like, Oh, this was an easy win, but they were putting in the work. Yeah. It just, it felt like one of those games where, um, it kind of happens sometimes when teams are up like this. It happen- I feel like it happens in basketball quite a bit where you'll get the the one team desperate and the other team is like, all right, we could kind of, if we sweep them, it's fine, but we have, we have some leg room here. And that kind of felt what this game was for the Aces and the Liberty. Um, that doesn't mean the Liberty can't come out and win Wednesday and then make it force a game five for the second time ever question mark yes. i think Second that was the set <laughs> um and it, it that team lost i don't even know who it is but that team lost so they could 
do the impossible, the undone and that never been done before and beat them. Like it's possible for sure. But this was the game. The, the Liberty needed, obviously needed to win it, but the way they won it is nice where they yeah. felt like they made defensive changes that worked. They, it felt like, like moving Laney to um, guard young and just, just a little better. Um, just the way, like, I know we talked about Sloot's and Sloot and hers uh, deficiencies, and you're not going to be able to hide them against the aces, but you're going to have to you have to pick your poison. And I think the Liberty did a good job of choosing the right one on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So they had they Laney moved to guard Young. They had Stewie guard in Gray. Um, JJ obviously worked Asia. They had UNESCO guard Stokes, which is such like an interesting choice, but it works really well because like Stokes just can't shoot anyway. So you're like, what do you? That's really what they. That's what they, that's what they should have been doing anyway. Yeah, that's what they like. That's been doing anyway. the perfect move. And because then yeah, you you pick your poison with Sloot and Plum. Like one of them is going to. <laughs> one of them is going to score. It's just like Plum went off last uh, yesterday that we record yeah. on Mondays for to let everyone inside <laughs> the circle, but. And even Plum going off, she went 10 for 22. That's not an efficient game. That's not a game that I think, despite the point total, which she scored 30, uh, 29, 29. 29. Despite the point total, I don't think she signs up for that game. Um, If she wants, like, I don't think you sign up for 10 for 22 a little bit. Like, you kind of want it to be a little more efficient than that, is what I'm trying to get at. That's still under 50% from the floor. It's not the, like, you could there's going to be detriments to that if you're just chucking up balls, but also Asia Wilson went four for 16. So it's not like she was the only one doing that. Yeah. But yeah, Chelsea like Gray, Chelsea Gray went four for 12 and young went two for nine. Like they all had bad shooting nights. It worked. Whatever the Liberty did, they like, obviously we know what they did, but like what they did worked. Yeah. Like taking Laney and putting her on young with how good of a defender Laney is, is not taking, she's not going to take her out of the game completely, even though she did in this one, pretty much eight points is nothing. Even nine field goal attempts is nothing like that. She was locked up. But then you have your best player on Asia. You have to see on Asia, and that's what you have to do. And then if Plum is shooting a bunch of threes and being inefficient with Slut on her, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Like, you could have John Quell help her. You could roll coverage to her a little bit to let Laney on an island because she can handle that and Stewie on an island against Asia because you kind of have to let her – Asia's going to cook a little bit if you do that, but do you, have, you don't really have a choice. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Like, you could roll your defense in a way to help out Sloot against Plum if she drives because Plum is going to want to shoot. It's just, I think that this was, they're probably going to have to do this in game four also. And I wonder what the Aces' response to this is. It might be more just ball movement in general. It might just be, hey, maybe our shots will land this time and it's a whole different ball game, but we'll see. I mean, there's also a big question mark here for the Aces, and that's, we don't know what happened to Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray got hurt. Something happened with her, either her foot or her ankle. Becky Hammond says she thinks it's the foot, but there's no real answer to it. Um, and ESPN, ABC, whoever it was who was airing it, it's shitty that they do this. ESPN. In all sports. ESPN. Um, showed her going down the tunnel and down the, the hallway in the back. And she was she could not walk and she was screaming in pain. That's not good. And the next game is in two days, and they canceled their media availability and shoot-around today. It doesn't yeah. feel 
great. And the issue is here, and I know Becky Hammond said that, oh, well, if if Chelsea Grace hurt, then, you know, Plum and, and Young will step up. And I was like, okay. And she was like, and Sid Coulson's going to get some time. And I was like, that's bad. That's not what you I mean, want. She, because <laughs> the only thing I could think of is unless they get a little goofy, at, like maybe they unleash Candace Parker. I don't even know how healthy she is. How are you doing but, that? She hasn't, she, she, her, the boot hasn't played, came off right? last week. Yeah, the boot came I off mean, last exactly. week. I mean, exactly. Like, I don't know, unless, I don't know what they could do unless they just, like, they could shift uh, uh, Alicia Clark into the starting five and that, but the bench then is literally unplayably bad. Like, yes. there's just no one, there's no one to sub in. Like, this was, you, you, the, it's it's a problem for them and i don't really know they just need one win as opposed to two and that definitely helps things because asia wilson could just score 45 tomorrow or wednesday and who cares you know what i mean yeah. like then then you you are fine or plum could go off or you know what i mean or jackie young could go like anyone could go off like that's the the beauty of the aces but you're taking away one of those options and someone who like when we talked about previously before the series started, if the Liberty are going to win, it's because they're going to out depth them. And this is where, this is the stuff where it shows up because if, if God forbid Sloot can't play, then Sabrina plays the one and then Johanna starts and then your bench yeah. is still there. Like it's yeah. still Vi- vi- you know what I mean? But it, yeah. it's just the Aces have a... It's going to be an interesting way they figure this out. The the knock-on effects of this is fascinating. Because you take Chelsea Gray out of that. They had Stewie defend Chelsea Gray in Game 3. Now, basically, you're saying, okay, either Stewie is defending Clark if you're getting goofy with the way you're setting up this lineup. Or now, you can put Stewie on Kelsey Plum and have Sloot defend Sid Coulson. Which is like what are you doing I, I genuinely this is the issue there's no depth there and yeah that's i don't that's really I, the I, biggest I, issue with how they yeah. built the team and there's, it's showing up here yeah now asia could go off kelsey could go off jackie young could go off but when you don't have chelsea gray who was last year's finals mvp who got a third place mvp vote this year um when you don't have her there as your facilitator and you're counting on sid colson who I love Sid Coulson on Twitter. I think she's very, very funny, but she's she's not a starting caliber player anymore. If she ever was, she, you're not you're not winning you're not winning those minutes the way you'd win those minutes with Chelsea Gray. And it's just yeah. it's you're turning around, and the the defensive knock on effects I think are actually maybe more interesting than the offensive ones because Chelsea Gray is their primary ball handler. She's getting you know double double triple doubles with assists and stuff like that you're not getting that anymore you're not yeah colston gets tripped up by marine johannes playing you know street street ball like what are we doing here there's no it, the the translation here is going to be tough and i think I, I i'm i'm fascinated to see what happens obviously i want chelsea gray to be healthy you want the you want the two teams to play with the maximum amount of health because then you truly get a sense of who the better team is here but this was always the issue and they could have done something for this. You know what the, the aces could really use? Not, not, it wouldn't be a perfect one for one, but just to sort of solidify their bench is a player like Dierica Hamby. Boy, I wish they had a player like <laughs> Dierica Hamby. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like just to have that level of, 
comfort if someone misses time and has to, has to miss a game or whatever then. Because also, if you even if you force a game five, the vibes are a little different because then the aces are like, oh, man, are we really going to blow this? And the, and the Liberty are like, we've won two in a row. We're feeling good. Let's go. Like, you don't want to open the door any more than you, than you already did, I think. I think losing the one game is what it is for the aces. And I would say probability-wise, if you play this series 100 times, the aces are going to win if they're up to one. That's just, that's just the way it works with having to win less games than your opponent. But realistically, if, if Chelsea Gray's not there, you're right. I don't know what they do. And I don't know how you fill that void because there isn't really – if you take away from your bench even more – like they got, they're constantly getting like six total minutes from their bench. Who who aren't who isn't Alicia Clark? If you start Alicia Clark, then what? Who are you? Then you're really your second unit is rough. If you're starting Sid Colson or someone else from your from that bench that doesn't play, then that's who the Liberty are going to just they are going to mercilessly attack them, and you're going to have to hide them, and then it changes everything. It changes the way you do everything. So yeah, it's just a, it's going to be a curious thing for them, yeah. and I don't know. I'm very curious to see how Becky Hammond <laughs> figures it out. I mean, she's a great uh, coach, and yeah, she could definitely figure it out. It's just I don't know. Normally, I could see the answer. Like, obviously, I'm not a professional uh, coach or anything, but I could see how you could get to the answer. But this one, I'm like, ooh, I don't know what you do. Yeah, uh, and then I just want to bring up again. I was in the building. Um, the vibes at Barclays are great. The, this is. There was the Mike Wilbon um, quote where he basically said that it was the worst home court advantage in the NBA and the WNBA, that the fans are it's just silent in there, whatever. And then Joe Sy got like got his shot in on Twitter, oh, yeah. which is great. Um, but that was funny. It's, it, it's, you know, everything is said about the, the the Aces have a great home court advantage. There's their fans are in it. You can hear it on the TV. Barclays is is give it is is just as good. There's those fans get so into it. I got so into it. There was a woman about three rows behind me who spent the whole game ranting about, she was a Liberty fan, ranting about Vandersloot and UNESCO to the point that I was like, lady, they're winning. They're up 14. You can, you can <laughs> calm down a little bit. She was really angry. That's funny. And um, that's a New York sports fan. If I ever heard one. To be absolutely. And then, also, I don't know if you if you noticed this. I noticed this in there, and then also I was watching some of the footage at home. The the there were a few moments, definitely towards the end of the game, that the aces looked a little rattled. There were you know there were a couple shots where I was watching and I'm seeing it with my own eyes. And I'm like Asia, you could have taken that shot and made it, and she just passed it away. And then Jackie Young, who is typically very st stoic, stayed on the the court, got angered. She got angry on the court. She I could see it being an injury related thing like because they're pissed even before the injury you know? she was she was That's getting true. into it with laney and then um at one point you know you know sabrina Nescu, we've all i mean i've seen her do it multiple times with barclays where she waves her hands up in the air trying to get the crowd into it like the last few minutes they know they're winning she's jackie young's yelling at her and like yelling and yelling and yelling at her it's it, the injury i think all definitely played into it but i think I think the defensive stuff I think got into the aces head just a little bit. I think they're, I think it's a little more even than it looked. I don't, again, they're only, they only need one game to win, but I think that there's definitely, 
there's some there's some different vibes in in both the teams than there were, you know, 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago, whatever. It I was. mean, yeah, because <laughs> it it's tough when like. Also, it's it's been a weird series where not, none of the games have been like close. <laughs> like this wasn't a blowout. I wouldn't call 78 to I mean 87 to 73 a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, the Liberty were kind of. It felt like they had it most of the time like there were a little few times where the where the aces felt like they could get back into it and the liberty just snuffed it out like immediately and like that was what they needed to do all series and that's not what they were doing and that's frustrating for the aces so i could see that playing into this as well like them just kind of being just a little bit frustrated with them not being able to go on the run that they needed because it was so there for them in the previous two games at home um but yeah, it just felt like one of those things where this series is funny because it's two it's the two best teams in the league, but no game has been like there hasn't been that like nail biter, we don't know which way this is going, really. Like I the heard... the only the only period that was tied was the the Liberty won three out of the fourth periods and one yeah. period was tied. So I heard a um what was the stat that I, I saw? I think I was listening to a podcast about the um about the the Aces Liberty this season. And I think of all their matchups this year, none of them have been with like closer than nine points. So that's just these two teams. If they're going to win, they're going to win by double digits. And it's really odd. Like usually you'd think like two great teams would go, but this is a thing with them where neither team ever wins. Like it's never close. So these games are like this. It's fun, but also like that makes it a little scarier either side you're on because if you go down by a bunch of points you're like this might be it because we just they never it, they never close the gap it's probably because the, the teams are too good like yeah. like if if you go down whatever it was some ridiculous whatever the ridiculous number was in the in the <laughs> okay so in the first quarter of the of the last of uh game two i am scrolling to it and i'm missing the day there it is it was 38-19 after the first quarter. Like, the Aces are too good to blow that lead. If it's the Liberty, the Liberty are too good to blow that lead for now. Before they were – early in the season, they were doing it like they, they were they were paid to blow leads. But, <laughs> like, now – once once they figured everything out, they're too good to blow these leads, these teams. And while, like – the Sun played the Liberty really close and the Mystics played the Liberty really close. It felt a little different. It felt like it felt like they were kind of like figuring out playoff basketball as a team for the first time. And that's why I was a little worried about the series and why my my fears got really shown in the first two games because I was like, oh, the Ace has been here before and this Liberty team has not. And they had a eh, shaky pre- – they should have kind of done to those teams what – the aces did to their teams and you could see it in the beginning, but Liberty, like, here we are, it's clicking. So hopefully it clicks at the very right time for them, but. Yeah, it's game four and game five. It, well, game four. And if there is a game five, game five will happen between now and our, our next recording. So the next time we do this, we will know who has won the finals, um, which is fun. That's a fun thought that we're going to, you know, this is the last time we're recording without, Whatever whatever happens, happening. Um, but let's take a quick break. We'll come back. There were some uh, awards given out this the 
what yesterday right before the game and also there's some breaking news so i will we'll talk about that when we come back all right and we're back um so before we get into the award stuff i do just want to um touch on this uh woj adrian wojnarowski just uh said that there's a new head coach of the phoenix mercury um it's gonna be Orlando Magic top assistant Nate Tibbetts is finalizing a deal. Uh, I don't know anything about the Orlando Magic. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, do you know anything about this this man who is taking over the Phoenix Mercury? Well, the Magic suck. But <laughs> Tibbetts has been around for a long time. I know that much. <laughs> like, Tibbetts has been around for a really long time. So that's really interesting. Uh, also, Woj says that he's going to be the highest paid coach in WNBA history. So... That's yeah. also interesting. But Tibbetts has been around as a coach. I am looking up his coaching award since 2011. He was an assistant in the league. And um, in Cleveland, in Portland, and in Orlando. Uh, very interesting stuff because I feel like we're seeing more – I feel like we're seeing more continuity between the two leagues in these regards. Like you're getting more crossover, I guess I want to say is the better word. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for a top NBA staffer to go head coach a WNBA team and then is going to surely use that if he ever leaves that job or whatever happens to go coach an NBA team. Like that's really interesting that it's because it's just ball is ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. The games are different and the game is different. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a different game than the men's game, but not really like – it's different in small ways, but the main thing is if you're running a, a, a full a half court trap, you're running it. It's the same. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's not, it's, it's like soccer in that regard where it's the same, but different, even hockey, like hockey women can't check each other. They can't body check, but everything else is the same, you know? So yeah. it's just, it's kind of curious. It's, it, it's, it's a fun little thing and I like it. And yeah, also he's been a really, a well-respected assistant like his name's been around for a really long time yeah this is the second new coach we've had this year this is a perfect time to tie in the fact that Teresa weatherspoon just got hired to be the um officially hired to be the head coach of the chicago sky i feel like that's been kick around kicking around for a few weeks at least um but you're right i mean Teresa weatherspoon was a player in the w then went to the nba and was an assistant coach with the pelicans am i right yes yes and then went to the the sky and Becky Hammond was a player and then went to assistant coach with the Spurs and then is now the head coach of the, uh, the, the aces. I can't believe I just forgot the aces name. Uh, we just spent 25 minutes talking about them and now I'm immediately like who, what team? Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of crossover. That's very, it's interesting. And it, it's cool to see coaches like from the men's game, want to come over to to the w yes. because i feel like that's not very th that's like not the storyline of the the narrative that gets pushed a lot i mean look at what james wade did to the chicago sky this year which was really shitty just leaving in the middle of the season peace and then like leaving so he could go join the raptors like pre preseason um but yeah it's it's cool to see a men's assistant coach take that w job to see that as a step up as opposed to, you know, I feel like a lot of people would want to push a narrative in the last, you know, however many years before, prior to the rise we've seen recently of uh, the W that this is a downgrade. It's not. This is this is 
an upgrade. Being the head coach in any league is an upgrade from being an assistant coach. That's just, you know, and especially if you're going to be the highest paid head coach of any of the teams in the W. Um, yeah, this is, this is, it's fun. This, this sort of stuff is fun. And it's good for the league. It's good to, it's good to have crossover from the two to help bolster the W's reputation. Yeah. Because really they should be working together. Like yeah. these leagues should be the NBA is hugely successful and hugely popular. And the WNBA is, they, they aren't the same time of year. Like there's a lot of, like the, 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 the WNBA is literally about to end this week and the NBA is about to start. So like, it's not like they're overlapping each other. It's, it feels like they could really be hand in hand with each other and they should do that more. Also one interesting thing of talking about the fit of Tibbetts is he has, he's done a lot of like G league coaching and he was a G league head coach, which is for those of you who don't listen, watch the W the, the NBA, that's basically their minor leagues. So for a Mercury team that's bad and rebuilding, it's very interesting that they got a guy in the door who has a lot of experience working with younger players who are needing development and need to kind of, he's facilitating it in a different way. You know what I mean? So it's, I think that's a very interesting um, thing as well, because that is, that's the type of hire you want for a, developing organization and the mercury are really trying to like it feels like they're trying to be one of the next big thing i know it's very far away they just won like seven games or something but they they are promising a bunch of money in the in the facilities and they're hiring a young and uh, mba coach who's been around for 10 years and has g league head coaching experience so he's working with younger players you know what i mean like yeah. it's a lot of like we're trending in a certain direction here and i think he fits that timeline really well yeah so it's it's fun. I can't wait to see um I I think this is probably the last big like the last coaching hire we see, like head coaching hire for the W this offseason. I can't really see any of the other teams letting their coaches go and everyone sort of has their people set. Um but yeah, this is this it's great for the league and it's fun to have this little bit of news and uh particularly the teaspoon news just makes me happy. I love the teaspoon. I love seeing her yeah. at all the Liberty I love seeing her at all the Liberty playoff games. I was watching her the game while the game was happening, I was watching Teaspoon because I could see her from where I was sitting. I She looked so locked into this game to the point that, like, I was like, put her on the bench. Like, bring her in. She could play. <laughs> so she looked, she literally, for the entire third quarter, other than the timeouts, she didn't move. She was in the same exact pose. She was sitting hunched forwards, hands in front of her mouth, just staring at the court. I Locked in. It was great. Um, she she's gonna be a good coach for them too. I'm happy. She's for gonna her. be great. She's gonna be great. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, yeah. So let's let's just shift over. Let's cover real quick the um, the all WNBA teams came out this uh, yesterday. Um, again, the 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 league just does a great job at announcing when their awards are going to be given out, and then just randomly changing the days and times without telling anyone. Uh, real just a plus work. Um, these were originally supposed to be given out, I think, last Friday, and then they were like, mm, let's just move it. Uh, so the first team, Stewie, Alyssa Thomas, Asia, all unanimous, obviously. Uh, Nafisa Collier and uh, Satu Sabali made the, the first team. And then the second, yeah, I was thrilled when I saw her name there. Uh, second team, Neka Gwumake, Jackie Young, Chelsea Gray, Jewel Lloyd, and Sabrina Ionescu. 
this is pretty much the list I expected. There's like some names missing here that I could see swapped in. But if you had asked me to sketch out to like the first and second all teams, I, I this is probably what I'd give you back. Yeah, it's a it's a great list. Um, also, the three unanimous uh, were being the top three of the MVP. I was like, yeah, any of them could have been MVP, and it would have been fine. <laughs> like, like it was such a close, such a close race, and really very congrats all all of them. Like everyone really deserves it. Statu Sabli being first team is amazing. Um, that's great stuff from her. And that's a really cool storyline of this year. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Jackie Young and Chelsea Gray making the list, of course. Jewel Lloyd. Like, it's one of those things, this was such a good year for the league because Jewel Lloyd literally set the all-time single-season scoring record. Like, she has it. And she's on the second team along with the all-time single-season three-point scorer. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's yeah, yeah, because they're not sense. as good defenders or whatever. Like, there's yeah. a reason. I would I wouldn't put either of them over. Oh no, any of the any of the five in the in the first team, which is incredible yeah. how much talent there is in the league now. Yeah, it's it's so it's such there's such good lists, and even like, should there be a third? Like, there should be an, should there be an all WNBA third team? I I get there's not as many teams, there's not as many players, but because it's still the premier league in the the world for women's players they have all the talent i mean you could make a third team out of the people like the top five people who everyone's listing is missing are gay Aaliyah boston cock uh copper ryan howard and dewana bonner you could make a third team yeah that's easy and that's not even that you could there's probably even then you could say there's missing from there yeah i don't i don't think i have a strong opinion either way because i understand why it's only two teams with the amount of physical teams in the league because then you start then at some point you can name the entire aces which i think they did anyway so you know what i mean like like you could start falling into that trap a little bit and they that might be a, a third team might be something they do as they expand yeah as they start to get more teams in the league itself that they're like hey now we're with each expansion what is it tw- 12 more players or whatever like we could start Yes, exactly. That, that's what I mean. Like, like over like roster spots. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. you're starting to like. You could then say, "Hey, the league is much deeper now. Much, much more people are playing now. We could start saying, hey, here is a third all WNBA team.' And yeah. the having the three WNBA the, the the three NBA all NBA teams makes sense. But even then, it feels a little long sometimes. You know, like. <laughs> Sometimes guys are on there and you're like, hey, all right, like, I guess sometimes it feels like you're grasping for straws, but even so for the most part, it's deserving people, you know, and they'll yeah. always be snubs. Like you named one in, in, in our little outline, you named five and it was, that's it. There you go. Yeah. There's your <laughs> second, it. there's your third team and you don't even have to think about it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's such, it's, it's such a good league right now. Like all the players are so good. And obviously this is what comes from having, such limited spots in like the premier league in the world for, for women is that you're going to fill most of those spots with the best players you'll ever see in your life. Um, and then like, okay, you know, you get your bench throw throw-ins, but even your bench players are mostly good. Like you're not because there's 144 spots. 
your your league's gonna have like some there's not enough room for there to be fat to be trimmed in the way that like you could baseball when you put it that way 26 people for 30 teams there's bullpen arms that even, get trimmed <laughs> even and then it's like then you're getting into 40 men rosters and it's 40 yeah. people on it like there's a lot going on there but so you, you you put it well you said 144 roster spots right that means like six of the top 150 players in the world are not on a roster yeah. and that's being simple that's simplifying it because the aces could definitely use there's people out of that group who are on that aces bench but and on other bad teams too you know so it's not as simple as that because other people have other priorities some people are not playing but when you look at it in that in simple terms like that 144 is not a lot of people it sounds like a lot of people but for a professional sports league to have only 144 people in it at any given on any given game day like that's small and that's why yeah. I think that they have they have two right now, because you're you don't want to you want to make it a competition to get to the on those teams, and it would be anyway. But I think they just trying to make it a little more selective, yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's it's God. This is such this is such a fun time. Maybe they'll add the third team when they do their odd number of expansion teams, and they'll do an odd number. Oh my God, of players it's gonna kill me. Team. It's gonna be five, five, and three. And then the expansion teams will have twenty-one teams, and Kathy Angle. The odd number of exp- <laughs> the odd number of expansion teams like gets me so angry. I don't just add two. Just like why would you just add one? It and hockey did it too, but they did it like staggered. Like they added one, and then they would add another. Like I don't know, because like Vegas came in, I think by themselves, and then I think Seattle came in, but you know what I mean. Like it was just yeah. all weird. And it's just like, why are you being this way? Like, just be normal. You can also wash that out a little bit more when there's more teams. You know, like, if there's 30 teams and, oh, we add one and then another one two years later. 31 is, like, it's an odd number, but that's still, like, maskable. When you have 14 or 12, and then you go to 13. 13? It's like, what are we doing? (laughs) Uh god i love i love this league and all of their ridiculous uh ways that they do stuff uh, it's low-key a really goofy league like when you, when you really think about a lot of stuff they do and a lot of decisions made by like the league offices and stuff it's like a weird little league it's, it's also we're 27 years into the league it's, it's one of those it's like when people talk about like viewership and stuff i'm like 27 years into the nba they also aren't like packing things up like they are now you, you it's just it's yeah you're you're watching growing pains of like 27 years into baseball it's like 1910 and guys are dying on the field (laughs) 27 years into baseball like it very well could have been like there were eight balls into that bat and the batter was allowed (laughs) to tell the pitcher where the pitch was supposed to because they had all these goofy ass rules back then too like that and they all disappeared as the league grew but i also think that when you think about where we are in the timeline of the world, now we're getting very existential. <laughs> every every league that we've ever watched, outside of like the a few, have been deeply established. Like we don't have like the AFL or the ABA messing around while we were alive. Like my dad yeah. did when he was alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he would tell me about that stuff, but. To me, that's like a weird thing. Like, I couldn't imagine a world where there was two football leagues. Like, it's the NFL. And then the XFL and all that stuff keeps popping up and immediately closing because it just doesn't have the funding or no one watches it. 
but to have something like this, which is not even in its 30th year of, of existence, it, it's, you're right. Like they're still growing and they're still figuring out how to actually run a league. And now I feel like the viewership has exploded to the point where the league hasn't caught up with how much people are actually paying attention now. So they got to figure that out. And it's just, there's a lot going on for the WM for our goofy little WNBA. <laughs> our goofy little league. Uh, let's Which I love. Away. I love deeply. Oh love yeah, deeply, of course. Uh, listen, you hear me joke about it all the time. I love how stupid the, the, the things they do are. Yeah. It's, it's fun, you know, because there's something, like, fun about, like, folksy about it. <laughs> like, we're going to just randomly change the days we do stuff without telling anyone. That's folksy. You know, you don't get that in baseball. Baseball's everything's regimented. Basketball, everything's regimented. But with the W, they 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 throw you a curveball every once in a while, and it's a little fun. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, we'll do a little bit of uh, look ahead at the upcoming finals games. All right, and we're back. Uh, so we've got games four and potentially five this week. Um, four is going to be at Barclays. Uh, five is going to be in Vegas. Uh, I, we've been doing this when we've looked ahead at the, the games upcoming. For me, I genuinely think the X factor for both teams is Chelsea Gray. At this point, I think whatever happens with Chelsea Gray is going to change a lot of things for both teams. Uh, so I, I genuinely think that's what I, I, I don't think it's going to come down to that. I think, like you said, the Aces can just have a game where, you know, if, if Asia and Jackie Young go off in the same game, that's it, pack it up. But like, I, I do think it changes things a lot for both sides. Yeah, I agree. And I know we talked about it already. Well, when we talked about the, um, the game three recap, but it's just going to be, there's, a hole that really didn't exist in the Aces starting lineup either appears if they don't start Alicia Clark, or now the now you could just really go after the bench. And basically, the onus is going to be on the Aces. It's been like this all year, obviously. The now the five best players on the Aces have to win, and it's that's really it. If you win the non-Asia minutes, well even worse players are coming in off the bench now, then you could really cook in those minutes. And then you could, you could, it's, there's going to have the, the aces could definitely win the series. And I think if I would have to put money on this series, I would probably bet on the aces still just because pure numbers of it, when you're up two one and it's a five game series, I'm going to bet on the two, one team almost every time, unless it's really some goofy stuff is happening. Like if Asia Wilson got hurt, then maybe we're talking about, the Liberty being a favorite, but yeah, it really does change the equation because I think it makes it easier to fathom a comeback by the Liberty, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I didn't think the Liberty were going to get swept. I thought they were going to win game three. I thought they would have won game three if Chelsea Gray finished the game and played fine and, and didn't get hurt. But I would say I'd probably have aces in four because that's just kind of how basketball works. Sometimes the team takes the day off and then they come back and they're like, all right, let's finish this thing before it gets to five or in the NBA case gets to seven, but yeah, it's different now. It's a little different. And I'm curious to see how the Liberty attack and I'm curious to see how the aces figure it out. Yeah. And I, I think it also, you know, like you said, you can exploit the bench. You can exploit when you then change the equation of if Alicia Clark's starting, then you can just switch Dewey onto Alicia Clark, keep everything else mostly the same, and 
it, it like you're you're still winning a lot of that defensive stuff there. Um, and then if it's you're starting Sid Colson, like you can switch like Stewie that's on. A, yeah. <laughs> you you give you give yeah. Sloot Sid Colson. Like that and then and then what what the fuck does Kelsey Plum do at that point? You know, like that's really the the question there is you leave Laney on Young, you put Stewie on Plum, and then what do you do? Like that's it's just it's it's gonna be very, very interesting. And I'm sure the Aces don't have to report who's injured until 5 p.m. game day. And I'm sure that's what they're going to do. But I'm also sure. Yeah, they already that... canceled all the media stuff, so yeah. they're not going to. I'm also sure. I would sure be that... shocked if she plays. <laughs> yeah. And and I also want to just say this because I saw, I think, uh, Ariel Powers, who's currently with Minnesota, but probably not for much longer, given everything that's happened between those two. But that's it's another that's another thing for another time. Um she was like, what if Candace, is Chelsea Gray going to play? Is What if Candace Parker plays? Candace Parker is not coming back. I'm I'm sorry. That's not happening. She got out of the boot like a week ago. She's not I coming I could see back. Chelsea Gray playing hurt more than yes. Candace Parker coming <laughs> back at this point. You, she had foot surgery and just got out of the boot. She is, there's no way she's hobbling her ass up and down that court because that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be, oh, yeah. Candace Parker came, it's not going to be that scene from, I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, but I've seen the clip of the scene from Fast and Furious 7 where Dwayne the Rock Johnson flexes so hard that he shatters his his cast. That's not what this is going to be. That's, that's movie shit. Candace Parker is going to sit on that bench and tell them it's okay all over. Like, that's what's going to happen. Are you telling me a cinephile such as yourself hasn't seen those movies? I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I've seen the first two and part of the third, and I decided they weren't for me. Um, I'm so but, disappointed. <laughs> I, listen, I've seen clips. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> so I've seen bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Candace Parker is not coming back. Chelsea Gray might come back. Candace Parker is not coming back. Although... Again, I I heard that the word that was used with Chelsea Gray's injury was popped, um, which is never yeah. what you want to say. Is I heard a pop. no, that's not <laughs> that's, good. That's I could, bad. I could see, I could see a few things happening here. I could see Gray not playing, but Liberty winning, and then Gray trying to gut it out for a game five, and being one of those. Well, it's better than the alternatives, even though it might not be great <laughs> one of those situations because I, I hate when players do that and it, I understand yeah. why they do that and I understand that that's the player mentality and I was an athlete for a long time and I would definitely play hurt I, I did it before because that's what you do but when you're a fan it's like dude just don't play I also get why she would in a game five scenario when the aces are specifically built the way that they are if you could gut it out for 40 minutes then you could then you you try that because the alternatives might be much worse anyway i could see that i could just see her being done i would be shocked if she plays tomorrow with how bad that looked but i mean wednesday with how bad that looked but stranger things have happened things look bad and then they end up being okay sometimes things look okay and end up being really bad injury wise like you never really know so you don't know until you're getting checked out and stuff and the aces are they would be absolutely ridiculous to tell us before they absolutely have to. Yeah. They would be the biggest fools on the planet to let the Liberty know that she's not playing or is playing hurt or is playing and is fine today, which they didn't do. They canceled everything. So. 
it's uh it's that's that's gonna be very interesting i didn't even like i i she came off and i just figured like oh i didn't see her get hurt i didn't i didn't notice that i was too wrapped up in everything else and then i saw her come off and it was like just a little bit before becky just pulled all the starters anyway other than plum so i just assumed that she was pulled a little bit early and like she was like all right let's run out the bench warmers and then i got on the train and i saw she was hurt and i was like oh okay yeah and, um, and she was like i know you we talked about the espn post like getting carried to the locker room or whatever like yeah <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like she's walking back there by like she was getting she was getting taken off like yeah helped back there so it wasn't even like like oh, i said with thing she's like she was screaming in pain i watched it you can hear her screaming in pain and when you factor in basketball and how much running you're doing and it's a lower body injury and how, how important your legs are to the sport, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how she plays Wednesday. Maybe she guts it up and they, and, and, and they give her that, that, that good, good stuff to get her ready for Sunday and she's able to gut it out. But then at that point, you're wondering about effectiveness and you could probably go after her on the defensive end anyway. Yeah. You know, if you, if you want to get down to it that way and just be, I mean, you got to be cold-blooded if you're going to win these games, you know. Like, it yeah. sucks that she's hurt, but also Sandy would be absolutely silly not to try to go after her, her replacement slash her, um, not 100 Chelsea Gray, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's off the court. I'm sure every single person on the Liberty is sitting there going, oh, man, I really feel for Chelsea. I hope she's okay. I hope this and that, whatever. On the court, if you're going to step on that court after I saw you limping and and be carried down my own arena's yeah. tunnel yeah, i'm going to you. exploit yeah. you <laughs> you are going i am yeah, not i'm, I'm in fact going harder like that's that's the the vibe um all right i mean i think we've covered just about uh everything we can cover so yeah next time we we record this we'll know who's won um which is ex that's exciting um a little i'm I, i'm getting a little bit of anxiety just thinking about it but that's just my general thing <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> um so you can follow us on twitter at t-o-t-k i don't i'm so bad at this i don't know what any of my handles are for any of the shows i do t-o-t-k pod that's us on twitter or x or whatever the hell you want to call it uh and you can email us at and at this one i had pulled up uh t-o-t-k podcast at gmail.com um yeah, anything else you want to say, Thomas? Uh, nothing, not, nothing I could think of. All right. Um, yeah, so game four on Wednesday. Game five, if there is one on Friday, who knows what's going to happen? Candace Parker is going to come out with a bionic leg. Um, yeah, Let, let's, I mean, we're Liberty fans, so let's go Liberty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>